Hello, everyone. We are back with the final installment of our Naptime Kitchen Home Reset Series, and we are ending with what I believe could be the most important category, dare I say, more important than your clean fridge. And it's a sneaky one. It is your mind. And you might be thinking, wait a minute, Kate, this is like a home reset. Why are we talking about the mind? But think about it. You are probably never more at home than when your mind is in the right place. And it's also just sneaky, and here's why. Unlike your bathroom cabinets, the mind kind of seems to have endless space. There isn't like a measurable limit to know when it's full. However, though it might not be concrete in its limit, we've all experienced the effects of an overloaded mind. And everybody kind of has a different threshold, but once you cross it, it really affects you and makes you feel kind of miserable. Maybe you feel anxious, or you feel exhausted, or you get headaches, or you're irritable, or you're distracted or you're a wonderful cocktail of all of those things and a true joy to be around. Um, So I thought that we could spend this week just kind of talking about different ways that our minds are easily taxed and maybe come up with a few solutions to help the problem. And just a disclaimer, I know that all of the below won't be for you, but maybe just one or two will strike a chord and help you clear out some mental clutter. And I just want you to remember too, no one is able to control what you choose to consume but you. So it's very likely that no one is forcing you to stay up late shopping online or watching Bravo reruns. No one is taking your thumb and forcing you to scroll through social media. You are in charge of your mind. You really have to own this category and not blame shift constantly because at the end of the day, you are likely the one making the decisions for what you put into your mind. All right, with that, Nice little push, just kind naptime kitchen, letting you know that ultimately you are in control here. Let's get started with some action steps. All right, the first one is to unsubscribe from emails. All right, I don't know about y'all, but it is amazing how much junk email creeps into my inbox. I sign up for like one PDF or order one thing from one website. And next thing I know, I'm getting like 65 emails. So I personally use the website Unroll Me and it's unroll.me. You can Google that to rein mine in. It gives this wonderful option to unsubscribe completely, or you can add emails to like one daily roll-up email that will Every day you get one email and it's going to have like all of those junk mail things consolidated. So if you, there are sites that you're like, I would like to know when they're having a sale. You could consider adding them all and just reading the one email from Unroll Me every day. It's it's amazing. I have unsubscribed from like over 200 emails and it's free. Um, so just a tangible action step. Over the next week, make a point to not delete, do not delete or archive any emails that come in that you would consider junk. And then on one day, I want you to sit down and I want you to unsubscribe from every single one of those emails that you no longer wish to receive. Or you could, like I said, simply sign up for Unroll Me and they're gonna do a lot of the hard part for you. All right, step two, this is like a doozy of a category and something I feel like as a country, we're all still trying to figure out and that is to set some technology boundaries. So just like our emails, it's kind of amazing how there are all these new ways that our phone has daily, like even hourly, figured out how to try and steal our attention, like through notifications and pop-ups and pings and all these things where your phone is just wanting you back. So here's just a few ways that you can set boundaries with your phone. Obviously, there's a ton of ways to do this, but um, the first one is to turn off notifications. So again, you could just sit down and take about I don't know, probably five minutes, and turn off notifications for anything you don't 
absolutely need to see right away. So I have turned off notifications for absolutely everything on my phone but text messages. Emails, Instagram, Marco Polo, all of that, I have to physically open my phone and look for that little red bubble notification to see if anything is there. None of those things show up on my phone or ping me, except for text messages because those, I feel like people need things from me when they actually text me. All right, second, you can set screen time limits. So this is another kind of new tool that your phone actually lets you do where you can set limits for how long you want to spend on certain apps. And you can actually even program it where your phone won't let you into certain apps at certain times of day. If you're like, I'm really, I'm sluggish in the afternoons. I find myself scrolling. I'm not getting done what I need to. You can like set it where your phone won't let you into Instagram from the hours of two to four. It's pretty amazing. All right, um, this is the biggest one that has impacted me personally, and that is I sleep with my phone outside of the bedroom. So I know this might not work for everyone, but it is a game changer. And I'm 100% positive that last year I read more books in any other year of my life was because I didn't have my phone in my room. And I'm also sure it's the reason that I fall asleep earlier than I used to. So I keep my watch by my bed as an alarm clock, but you could also just get an old school alarm clock. Um, And even if you don't have a landline where you're like, what if someone needs to get in touch with me? You could just put your phone, like plug it in right outside the door to your bedroom and put it on do not disturb and just make sure that anybody that really matters to you that you would be like, if that person called, I would want it to come through. Just put them on your favorites list and then you can set your do not disturb uh, to allow your favorites to call. Or if anybody calls twice within five minutes, it'll let the phone go through. There's a lot of settings on do not disturb that can help you to feel like if someone needs to get in touch with you, they can, but also give you the freedom to set it on do not disturb so you can get some good sleep. All right, also you could consider taking certain days or weeks off of having your phone on you. So maybe it's like you're like on the weekend, I really try and keep my phone away or just on Sundays or every day, after every night after 7 p.m. So whatever it is, just having some time completely separated from your phone, it's just a really good and a healthy reminder that we don't need it 24-7. Also, this is just a little tip. I read this in Atomic Habits by James Clear. So he talks extensively about making habits you want to reinforce as easy as possible and making habits you want to quit as difficult as possible. So with that in mind, if you find yourself like mindlessly scrolling through a certain app, you could consider taking that app and putting it in a folder on the very last page of your phone. So that way, like when you unlock your phone, you have to swipe through multiple pages and then click on the folder just to open up the app. And I know that's, it's maybe only a difference of like four seconds, but those extra steps make opening the app just a little less attractive. And it's like your brain will open the phone and immediately go to click on that app where it used to be and it's not there. And so your brain is like, oh, I have to actually like swipe to get to it. Do I even really want to open that thing? I mean, I don't know how many times I've just opened my phone and I just click on Instagram. I didn't even mean to. I had no purpose in going to Instagram. It's just like where my thumb goes. And if you're going to do the folder method, you could even like label that folder something like lunch break or only during nap time, something where it's like, I. it's just a way to remind yourself like, hey, don't open these apps all the time. Like, don't let yourself get sucked in all the time. Don't let it kill your productivity. Likewise, if you're trying to just break the habit of having your phone on you all the time, you could consider putting it in a drawer when you enter the house. So the act of having to walk over to the drawer to check it as opposed to having it like right in your back pocket is, again, just a small step that aids in breaking the habit of constantly checking your phone. All right, step three, getting into a little more of the heart of it all. I want you to name why you use a certain app. 
So I know this might sound silly, but I think the act of just naming why you use an app can really help bring some clarity and boundaries to it. So for instance, maybe you really want to use Instagram for entertainment, but instead you're following like a ton of news accounts uh, and a lot of like home decor accounts. When really what you want when you open Instagram is to laugh and to have it be lighthearted. Or maybe you really want to use Twitter as a source for gaining like actual news headlines, but instead you're following like 50 accounts that have that are not real news headlines, that are humor accounts or unreliable news accounts, let's just say. So I know it isn't that cut and dry, and a lot of times you're following a ton of different accounts in one app. But I think when you take the time to name why you are using the app, it can really help you zero in on the actual types of accounts that you want to follow. So it could be that the accounts that you are following are the real cause of your frustration and not the app itself. So kind of going back to that example, like you just want to be, you want Instagram to be funny and lighthearted to you, but instead you're getting on and you follow like multiple accounts that are extremely political right now, let's just say. Maybe for this season, you you don't follow those accounts because all they're going to do is just draw up a ton of frustration and anger in you, but you have chosen to follow them. So maybe just unfollow them. Okay, speaking of following, into step four, I want you to take note of who you are following. So did you know that following and unfollowing people on Instagram is completely free? At least for now, there is no charge to follow or unfollow someone. In a matter of seconds, you can choose to follow a new account or you can unfollow an account that no longer serves you in some way. So as someone who uses Instagram daily, I just thought you might like to know that I have over 200 people unfollow me every single week. Instagram, because I have a business account, I'm like able to see the number of people who unfollow me, which oftentimes I don't really love. Um, But it's just a good opportunity for me to really practice what I'm preaching to you. So the fact of the matter is, people that unfollow me, likely they don't hate me. I mean, I guess a few of them might actually hate me, who knows. But a lot of them, they probably just started following my account thinking it was one thing and have come to realize it just isn't an account they can connect with. And that, y'all, that is so fine. We all have a limited amount of time to scroll. And so the accounts that you follow should be ones that genuinely interest you. And thinking in this lens, it really led me to this like big mindset shift when it comes to my Instagram. So recently I unfollowed a ton of Instagram accounts. And here's the thing. I didn't do it because any of the accounts were bad or there was any like bad blood towards any of them. I did it because they were just taking up space where I would rather see accounts that I really, really love. So I don't want to get on Instagram and spend like my five precious minutes that I get scrolling through photos till I see one that I actually care about. I want to hop on and like immediately see posts from people that I love. So for me, unfollowing was a way to make room for me to see more of the accounts that I actually like and enjoy. So again, it wasn't that those other accounts were bad. They just were kind of taking up the space where other things I would rather see. So think about it like your closet. You know, you get rid of those things that you are always passing over and never wear so that only things that you love and want to wear are in your closet. It's it's like, what's it called? It's a capsule wardrobe. You have a capsule Instagram. Oh, I hadn't written that down. I just thought of it, and I think it's good. Capsule Instagram. Okay, so here's an action step. Whether it's news or beauty or nature or cooking or motherhood or whatever, I want you to take stock and ask yourself if the accounts that you're choosing to look at daily are helping your life or if they're causing you to compare 
or consume or covet someone else's life. And please know, I'm not saying that you should get rid of any account that challenges you in some way. I'm not trying to create like an echo chamber, but I just think there's a difference in following an account that you respect and learn from and following accounts that are just in no way beneficial to you. So there's just already so much around us in real life that we struggle with. I just don't think we need to add anything more to that with following detrimental Instagram accounts. All right. Quickly, too, I just want to make a note about the mute button in case you're not as familiar with a site like Instagram. I know for private accounts, like a good friend maybe, unfollowing them might feel awkward and permanent because if you were to ever want to follow them again, you would have to re-ask and they might be like, well, why'd you unfollow me in the first place? So maybe you're just in a season where another person's account is hard for you to look at and you can just mute it. And I don't think that means that they're like a bad person and have done anything wrong. Like maybe they just had a baby. And you're in a season where you desperately want one, but you're struggling with infertility. Or maybe you and your husband are on a super tight budget, and you just don't want to be bombarded by a friend's, like, luxurious vacations every single week. And so you just choose to mute it for this season. Again, it's nothing that that person, you're saying anything bad about that person, but more to do with the current circumstances in your heart. So whatever the reason in this season, you can mute them. And just so you know, they don't, like, get any sort of notification that they've been muted. So one more note on following and unfollowing before we move on, and I know I'm kind of belaboring these points, but I think a majority of you are here because you follow me on Instagram, and so I just kind of know we're all on that app, Um, and people kind of love to hate social media in general, so I just thought, like, why don't we give a little extra time here? All right, so as you're unfollowing accounts, I want you to do yourself a favor for your own personal heart, and I want you to name why you chose to unfollow someone. So chances are the reason that you unfollow someone is because of some negative feeling that the account gave you. So oftentimes the person running the account is not meaning to make you feel that way, and more so it has something to do with something icky going on in your own heart. So for that reason, I just find it helpful to acknowledge to myself why I am unfollowing someone. It just helps take all of the blame off of that person and helps me kind of own some of my own issues. So, okay, let's just do a little example. This is me personally. It's like, I'm going to unfollow Susie Bakes 847, and I am unfollowing because the account makes me feel discontent in my own kitchen. I feel discontent because Susie Bakes 847 um, has a nicer kitchen than me, and I get frustrated that my kitchen isn't nicer, and then I get angry, and I start to spiral into hating my entire house. So, guys, I know that might sound ridiculous, but think about how often you do it. It's like this person, they just have something that you really, really want, and you need to own that. And maybe you own it, and you keep following them because they have enough content that you love, but you you need to be able to own in your heart kind of what's going on. Okay. Moving on from all of that social media talk. All right, step five, I want you to make a top three list every morning. All right, I got this idea from my friend Nancy. She has the Work and Play podcast, which is a wonderful podcast, by the way. I really, really enjoy it. Every morning, she makes a top three list of things that need to get done. So these are kind of things outside of the normal tasks, like unload the dishwasher or pack lunches. But you can certainly like include domestic tasks, especially ones that don't happen daily, that you need the satisfaction of getting done. So for me, that's vacuuming. Like there's no way I'm going to do it unless I have the satisfaction of checking it off of the list. So I took the list one step further, and I actually have two sections for mine. I have a prep section, and I have a do section. So the prep section of my list is anything that needs to get cooked or chopped for dinner. So that is just me knowing this is what needs to happen before 5 p.m. in order for my family to eat. 
And then my do section is the three most important things that need to get done that day. So basically, when I find myself like distracted or wondering if I've even actually gotten anything done, I can kind of glance at this list and immediately jump into one of those tasks. And having just three makes it really, really doable. And for me, adulting tasks can be really hard. So sometimes mine is like schedule the kid's dentist appointment. And man, if I check that off, I feel like a superhero because those are the types of things that I just loathe doing. But if I have them, it's like, okay, today I'm going to make those kids dentist appointments. And it's on my list and I check it off. It just, it brings a a strong level of satisfaction. I do this in the morning and I just think there's something grounding about doing it in the morning. It helps me get a really good handle on the day. All right, y'all. Step six, we're kind of, we talked about this in the living room about books. So I want you to put a book by your bed and I want you to put one by the couch. And I think the reason I'm saying this is because having a book ready to read is a really great way to create some distance from your phone and to give your mind the gift of reading. Um, I've said this before, but I read before bed and I'm usually asleep within 20 minutes. If I have my phone by my bed, I will mindlessly scroll for like an hour. So so I don't know how this works, but a book lulls me to sleep and my phone stimulates me to insomnia. I'm sure it has to do with the whole blue light thing. I also keep my Kindle on my bedside table. And just today I decided that I'm going to put a book by the couch to encourage me to just kind of pick it up when I have a free moment as opposed to reaching for my phone. It's so funny, but For some reason, taking a book off of a shelf where there's like a hundred other books and just putting one by itself on a table, you're just way more likely to actually pick it up. All right, y'all. Step seven. I want you to make a playlist that makes you feel like yourself. I personally pay for Spotify. I believe it is one of the best things that we pay for monthly. I think it's like anywhere from five to fifteen dollars, depending on if you like have a family account or a premium account or whatever. I, I suggest paying for it because nothing can really kill a playlist vibe more than having ads inserted between your songs. It just it can really kill the mood. But there's just there's something about having music that you love that can instantly boost your mood. I know many of you have kind of found my four to six p.m. playlist. On, on Spotify, and the entire reason I created that was just to help lift my mood during the witching hour. And my friend Leah, she has a special instrumental playlist that she uses while she's working, and then she has a more fun playlist while she's cooking. So I think it can just signal to your brain, can help you calm down, it can help you get energized. It just, I feel like music is one of the best backdrops to our lives, and it doesn't take up a ton of space. It doesn't take up physical space in our homes. And depending on the kind of music, it can really help alleviate things going on in your brain rather than add to them. All right, y'all. Step eight. This one is totally optional. I am not trying to pressure anybody that does not want plants in their home. But optionally, you could grab a few plants and commit to caring for them. Plants just have a really nice effect in your home. They bring life and they bring green to a space and they actually are wonderful air purifiers. Um, So I I don't really overcomplicate my plants. Just for the record, my plants get watered on the 1st and the 15th of the month. And if it is exceptionally dry, I water them on the 1st, the 10th, and the 20th of the month. You kind of have to experiment with what works best for you and your climate, but I have found that this just keeps me on a really easy schedule. I don't have to think about it a ton. First and the 15th of the month, I have it on my phone. So a little alert comes up on my phone, water the plants. And I just have it like on repeat forever and all time on the first and the 15th of the month. That little bing goes off on my phone. Um, But mostly, y'all, plants are just really pretty. And they're such an easy way for us to slow down and water them and just kind of get back connected with nature. Okay, everyone. Oh, 
That was the final, like, bulk information episode all about your precious mind. Y'all, it matters. It matters more than your laundry room. It matters more than your cluttered cabinets. Because ultimately, if your mind is in a healthy place, you can deal with those things a lot better. And ultimately, if your mind is in a bad place, the cleanest home in the world is still going to feel miserable to you. So your mind deeply matters. All right, we have one final episode in this series. It's just going to be a pep talk. I'm going to repeat a lot of things and just hopefully leave you feeling uplifted and hopeful as you go about resetting your home. So stay tuned.